Today's episode is brought to you by Sadie Harper of Interior Harmony. I was really empowered to embrace that side of me by by Brett, the guy that I work for at the clinics, because it would be just, at first it was go do it. If you fuck it up, we'll pay somebody to fix it. How empowering is that yeah. to hear from somebody to say, go do it. If you mess it up, we'll pay somebody to fix it. Here's the thing. I never had to pay somebody to fix it. <laughs> I messed up a lot of shit, but I was able to go through and be like, I know I'm not doing that again. And then the next thing worked. It was yeah. great learning experience. Thank you for listening to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit girlswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. I am Sarah Madras. And this is a show where you come as you are with the courage to speak up and tell a better story. Yes. (laughs) Y'all, we have a treat for you today. Our friend, Paul Roberts. And he is the Renaissance man. Yes, yes. Like he is the Renaissance man, except he's much taller than Danny DeVito. Like I wish we had this live in studio <laughs> audience right now. That to, would be, to yeah. To see him. Right. I can't wait for y'all to see him because that just says it all. Got Big. an impressive quarantine beard going too. Does, no, that's, that's not a natural that's beard. That's always. That's natural. That actually looks better than the quarantine <laughs> beard. Did you clean it up? I, funny story. I learned about three weeks ago how to use a blow dryer for my beard. I blow dry it out and brush it every morning and make it look uh, even more handsome. Oh, look at That's you. Amazing. You're so, so invested. <laughs> so for my husband's birthday this year, because he was supposed to go on this big fishing trip, it was his 45th birthday, whatever. So instead, as a surprise for him, because of COVID, everything was canceled. And as a surprise for him, I reached out to a whole bunch of people and was like, hey, send us a video. Paul's video, I'll send it to you so you can cut it in here because okay. it was fantastic because he was like fuck this shit this is what you get after six weeks of being with kids and <laughs> this is what it looks like and happy fucking birthday man and it was like <laughs> yeah and your word renaissance man says it all yeah. because he does everything he's done everything like the most eclectic life yeah. that i think of any guests we've had so, on so far so so i'm gonna try and remember and go through all right so we've been a firefighter wildland firefighter wild yeah that's of another course level. Of he's course a he is. wildlife firefighter. Um, <laughs> a wildland. He's starting a movement around transition pants from Cabela's <laughs> that are like, yeah, hashtag transition pants. I, because of you, I Googled it because I was like, I don't understand what he keeps talking about. Why is so, this hashtag? And as we left the tattoo studio last week, our tattoo artist was like, as soon as y'all are leaving, I'm going to go look him up. So if you have like <laughs> new followers, <laughs> new followers, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> you have also worked for a company selling some fire safety sales it was wearable technology so it was it was safety is what it was focused on and it was a belt that collected data on people and were able to use for ergonomics because i'm also a certified ergonomist so how y'all are sitting in your chairs right now uh, with poor posture and probably your work (laughs) work home setups are bad i could help with that as well Notice we all just quickly shifted in our And chairs. y'all, he's like the he, most invested daddy in the world. Yeah, that he too. He like makes his own wine. He, he has like 20 grills. Like he beekeeps. smokers. He's an apiarist. Is that what so that's called? Have, yeah. Like I'm saying beekeeper. I'm like, he's a freaking beekeeper, y'all. An apiarist. <laughs> Apiary. Nobody's not. Bee- people, 
Our listeners are not going to know what that is. All right, is. listeners. I know that because I watch The Office. <laughs> All uneducated <laughs> people like myself. He is a beekeeper. All right, listen, no. When you listen to this episode, you go find the Instagram or Facebook post and you comment if you knew before this episode that a beekeeper was called an apiarist. And if not, today is your takeaway. And you're welcome. It yeah. sounds like something that they'd cover on 2020. <laughs> Here's a note from the producer. If you guys want, after this episode, stay tuned because we got off to a really rocky start where we talked about yeast for about 10 minutes. It's hysterical, but not the way to start a podcast. But we're going to put it on the end because you guys should hear it. Stay on the so whole time fun. and have a good laugh Because with Jenny us. was having a rough yeah. morning, apparently, and totally forgot that we didn't actually do the show open. That's why there's a blooper reel today. Thank goodness for Sarah getting us on track or we still be talking about it. That's why we compliment each other so well. Yes, dear. Because I'm like, hey, tell me about the science. And she's, no, nobody wants to hear about that. <laughs> and then, all right. And then since, I mean, there's a lot more in between the When we're going to let tell us about it. We are. And now we have new Well, adventures. first we need to check in because how's your baby girl doing? Oh, and Paul, or, hey, Good. Sarah's not giving any context for that. Paul is not in studio today. He's here by Zoom because his daughter was exposed to somebody with um, COVID. And then I saw your Facebook post, and I was like, if I'm going to go into a brawl with anybody, Paul Roberts is who I go in with. Yeah, he's your wingman. (laughs) So did you have a contact tracer let you know? How did that work? How did you find out that she was exposed to somebody with COVID? Yeah, it was through something that she was being a part of the week and a half that we she wasn't at home. She was in a camp, and somebody there had it. So Mm -hmm. all good, quarantine. No issues, got tested, test came back negative. Woohoo. So we're all good. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's just right. But an extra dose of precaution. You're, you're there and yeah, we're oh, here. Yeah. And we appreciate that. Yep. Yep. And we appreciate you. <laughs> so tell us, Paul, tell us about your journey, my friend. Uh you mentioned earlier it being on what that art looked like. It it's it's more of uh the roller coaster ride of what my journey has been. It's literally been all over the place from growing up, but I, I was lucky to grow up in a, a family of teachers and coaches. So grew up playing sports. Every summer I was at camps, uh, family owned the peach farm, grew up working on the peach farm, <laughs> a love for wildlife, grew up working on the wildlife refuge in the summers and all that kind of shaped who I am now for being out and about and learning. I really was given a lot of opportunity from family people in the town I grew up in just to be a part of their lives. And everybody did something, found it was interesting as a jack of all trades and a master of none. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a, little bit of a curse because the, being able to focus is difficult and it's not the next shiny thing It's learning something enough that I feel competent in it. And then, so it's time to learn something else. Yeah. It's all led me to where I am here. I came I grew up in a small town, less than 800 people in South Carolina. 100 people. Well, my high school was, was bigger than that. Light? Or just a stop sign? One stoplight. There it is. Nope. We had a stoplight because it was one of the main thoroughfares from the Charlotte area to Myrtle Beach. Gotcha. Small town and ended up coming to play football at University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill. So that's what brought me into this area. And there's where the journey actually began. I worked for Lowe's Home Improvement. I was a department manager there for a short time. And we'll go through the background really quick because it is all over the place. So 
UNC graduated with a, a major in peace, war, and defense. What? That's a major? That's so cool. It's like international studies or something. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. Department manager at Lowe's, police officer in Carborough, and then went to wildland police firefighting. Officer. So for those that hear a firefighter, a wildland firefighter, I don't do burning buildings. The house is on fire called fire department. <laughs> so I was out in the woods. So the wildfires most famous are going to be California. Uh, that's what I did. But down here in the Southeast, we get to do what they call prescribed fire, mm-hmm. where we go treat, we set the woods on fire. I was a dozer operator. So I tell people I got paid to tear shit up on a bulldozer and, and light fires. Mm-hmm. That's like <laughs> the, the coolest thing ever. That. And I actually knew that was a job because when we visited, uh, we go camping at Carolina Beach State Park. And one of the years we went, they had just done a controlled burn, and we got a whole lesson on it from the naturalist. I need you to come to my house because we have this ditch between our yard and our neighbor's yard, and it's got these weeds, and no matter how much we try, they just keep coming. And it's to the point where I'm like, they're tall, and I just we can't handle it. And I was like, we're going to have to burn them. But there's woods everywhere. And I was like, we're going to have to call the fire department, they're just going to have to sit here <laughs> while we burn it. Or so you that can just call Paul Roberts. That's I just that's why I was like, now I'm calling you, Paul. <laughs> It'll get him well, out of the house. Right, He's know, gonna come running. Yeah. <laughs> if you're from the country, or at least you're from the part of South Carolina where I'm from, every spring you set your yard on fire. How homeowners burn their grass off. Why? It made it healthy and it come oh. back as it burned all the thatch in there. And so the grass will come back, especially Bermuda and centipede. It comes back twice as nice. Yeah, we're going to nice. get a whole lesson on grass. So let's. No, we're stopping it here. Because <laughs> what, <laughs> what I love about Paul is you have like, so we all have masculine and feminine energy within mm-hmm. us. And some people are maybe like 80, 20 or like everybody's got a different percentage. He is one of the rare few that I would say is the most balanced 50, between, 50. Fi- mm-hmm. yeah, like 50-50 masculine energy, feminine energy that you just like, that's who you are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very rare and special thing. When you say masculine and feminine energy, you don't mean like stereotype stuff. What do you mean by? So uh, feminine energy is being able to receive and it's nurturing, right? Okay. Where masculine energy is more assertive. Like empathy and things Correct. that women are. Correct. Stereotypically much better at men. Yeah. And men are more or better. Like masculine is actually uh, the receiving of love and feminine is the giving of love and different, different. There's a whole list. If y'all listeners want it, I can put it out there. But (laughs) so there's different mannerisms, traits, things like that. But not the stereotypical. I am a man. I, I cook. Blah, blah, I, blah. Right. Exactly. No, 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 no. I kill. I hunt. You cook beef. Yeah, no, it's not that. It's not that. <laughs> Although Paul will kill and then cook said beast. Exactly. That, that's why In I'm saying. In one of his like six he's smoker like the grills. 50-50. And he's, I am yeah. nurturing the garden yeah. and I'm also building stuff. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. No, it's legit. Like we all fix my wall in exchange for headshots. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was like, I got this issue and I have this tiny little. That's I a don't. fascinating barter right there. It really was. <laughs> like my daughter pulled a shelf off the wall and I had these giant holes and I was like, I, I, I wrote. So here's what happened. I posted. I was like, I'm looking for somebody to come and fix these holes because I understand what my time is worth. And I understand what my husband's time is worth. So I didn't want to do it. And all these comments were coming in of, oh, that's so easy. Here's a YouTube video. Here's what you need. And I'm like, I don't fucking want to fix it myself. What is wrong with you people? 
And Paul's let me know. Like he, he texted me and he was like, let me know. I'll come over and do it. And then we were talking and I was like, you want headshots? I'll give you headshots for fix it. Like just do this. And he did. Nice. <laughs> were they action shots? Well, funny about- they were not. <laughs> you dress purdy. It was. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, look, I can dress up and look really, it's hard to look more handsome than I do that is true. in transition pants and a cat shirt on a rocket. <laughs> yes. But I, I can if I have to. So what's funny about that is when people talk about look at the YouTube video to fix a wall, like there's a way to fix that wall that there's no more holes, but it looks like shit. Mm-hmm. And then there's a way to fix it to where you would have never known that there were two, three big ass holes in the wall. Mm-hmm. And what's, so this follows up into my background is I left from being a wildland firefighter to go work for the company that my wife worked for. Uh, it's a physical therapy company and physical therapy. I also did some time in, in the, at the same time as a like property management. And this is where it really gets hard to explain. So I worked for two guys and I was doing construction. I was doing facilities maintenance for the physical therapy. They were growing. So I went and got my general contractor's license. Because of course he did. I know. Of so, course he did. That's going to be our answer <laughs> for all did. of it. Of course he did. And I went and got that because the physical therapy clinic was growing. Uh, when I left, I think there were 13 clinics. When we started, there were six. And doing all that. And then when there were repairs to be made doing that, they had some commercial property fixing stuff for the tenants. I learned all of the trades. The only thing on a job site I could do was swing a hammer and push a broom. And I started that within a year. There was really not much that I I could not do Mm -hmm. on a job site. Mm -hmm. I wasn't professional. I wasn't necessarily efficient, but I could do it. And that really where I, that's where I got, the confidence that there's nothing I can't learn. Yep. That's the thing is when you do it yourself home repairs that like I can walk into a house and see where somebody patched it with spackling instead of mud Mm -hmm. (laughs) or where somebody has flat paint, you know, that they painted over with eggshell. What makes you unique is that you see something and you're like, Oh, I can learn that. I can do that. It doesn't scare you. If you want to do it, you don't get scared. There's this very... No, it looks at it as an opportunity. It's correct. an opportunity for the next... You have a very strong foundation of resiliency and that grounded confidence yeah. of, if I want to do this, I'll learn it, and it'll be all good, and it'll be fine. Like, right. you, you have a high courage threshold. And I was, I, I was really empowered to embrace that side of me by, by Brett, the guy that I work for at the clinics. Because it would be just, at first it was go do it. If you fuck it up, we'll pay somebody to fix it. Mm-hmm. How empowering is that yeah. to hear from somebody to say, go do it. If you mess it up, we'll pay somebody to fix it. Here's the thing. I never had to pay somebody to fix it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I messed up a lot of shit. But I was able to go through and be like, I know I'm not doing that again. And then the next thing worked. It was yep. great learning experience. Yep. And then it got to the point working for him that he calls me up and goes, we had therapy pools. They big pools that people mm-hmm. did physical therapy and goes, I need you to be a certified pool operator to take care of the pools. I'm like, great. <laughs> Go find the training. So I become a certified pool operator. That's awesome. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Of course he did. Exactly. Of course, did. of course he did. But here's the thing. So but, like to what you're saying and what Paul's nothing is looked at as an obstacle. It's just looked at 
as the, oh, this is the next step I need to take. Well, and he said something so important too, is that even when you messed up, and I think that this is the huge difference for people that are listening. When you messed up, you were like, not going to do that again. Let me learn and let me fix it. Let me do better. You didn't like wallow in it. Yes. A lot of people will shame themselves and be like, shit, I suck. I knew I shouldn't have tried this. I can't believe I put myself out there and now I'm going to look like an asshole. Well, and there are people who legitimately like it turns into a limiting belief. No, that is like I've had, y'all have heard me talk about my clients before where I've literally stopped mid session and been like, all right, we're talking about marketing, but where did that limiting belief come from? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, why do you think that you need to be perfect? And we will sit there and unpack all of this shit that they've been carrying around with them because (laughs) they took a, what is, it wasn't even a mistake. It was like, that one client that will never be satisfied that they have now internalized and made it into this big, huge story that they keep telling themselves that's a lie. Yep. It's not even a truth. And when you approach things as like, I'm going to do this, and if I don't do it right, it's okay. I can fix it. Brain surgery. From. That's what right? I want to spine know. surgery. I think that you're safe with that. But most people don't do that. He's <laughs> he, like... Most people aren't like that. No, they're not. And so, Paul, how did you... Because that's a skill. That's a skill. Yes. How did you develop that skill of being able to be shame resilient and say, I'm going to give it a try. And if I screw up, I'm not going to internalize that or beat myself up. I'm going to learn and keep moving. Where did you learn that? It is a skill, yes, because skills we can learn. There are some things that are inherent that we can't, but skill is something we can learn because I was not like that. I'm still very hard on myself. Previously, I'd be hard on myself and it would just completely take me out of the mind frame and be discouraged. Everything you're talking about with you with people, where I was able to build that skill was from working for a boss, a supervisor, a mentor in a package of one that empowered me to go mess up. And it was like, it was never a pat on the back and be like, go mess up. Oh, you messed up. And it was like, he would call you out, mm-hmm. put you in a position to succeed, but it wasn't going to be easy an easy success, but it was still the follow-up. It was like, go mess up, you mess up, whatever. But it really got me to the point that I didn't want to let him down. Mm-hmm. So instead of going and saying, Hey, I, I don't know where I am. YouTube's a great tool, right? <laughs> but it, it, it went in and I'm, for me, it was the empowerment to mess up, but I'm also a doer. Mm-hmm. I learn by making mistakes and I can, I can, I have that picture in my mind of what I did and it's hard to explain, but there are ways I sit back and take some step backs because I go a hundred percent all in, no, you know, just really? balls to the wall. And then if it works, I would never I'm like, have hell yeah, this shit works. Yes. I keep doing it. Yeah. If it doesn't work. I have to sit back and take time, compartmentalize it, think about it, and then really go in and be like, where the hell did I mess up? And that's just a learning aspect Mm -hmm. there. That's knowledge and wisdom. Right. The skill to come to the part of messing up and not getting down on yourself. Like, I still talk shit about myself. I'll do something. I'm like, you dumbass. Nobody else is around. And I'm speaking loud. I'm like, dumbass, what the fuck are you thinking? But it's to me, it's, it's still a challenging it's still a challenge. How do I, now we got to fix it. Right. How um, do I m- beat this challenge? Just- 
Sadie Harper, owner of Interior Harmony, offering interior design services for the Triangle area since 2009. I specialize in room plans and design style assessments for the room which just will not come together, customized to your individual tastes and budgets. I love mixing design styles and sourcing unique fabrics for one-of-a-kind custom upholstery, bedding, and window treatments. The end result? A room which looks and functions the way you want and need. Your home is your canvas. Show your style. To set up your consultation, email me at design at interiorharmony-nc.com. You just literally walked us through like the healthy pattern of thoughts. Hey, I have this thought. I fucked up. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do it again. I'm going to be in the feeling for a minute. I'm going to sit my feelings. I'm going to sit back with I'm it. I'm going to, you know, channel <laughs> my I'm going to look Drake. at my, it was like he looked at it. He's like, I'm right. going to put it out here I'm and look at it. I'm going to put it in a box and I'm going to be like, oh, fuck, I could have done that better, whatever it was. And then you take action. <laughs> and you do Ooh, something right. to not wallow in it and then move on. That well, is, y'all. And what he said at the beginning is where it started from is from amazing leadership yes. who gave him the space to feel safe to make mistakes. Yep. And, and then and you to learn shamed, for that. You weren't humiliated. Like he you had weren't. an amazing leader who created that growth mindset of, yeah, go try it, make mistakes, work it out, yep. keep on moving. Yep. I'm telling you, great we appreciate that. Exactly right. We appreciate that man who was your mentor. Yes, that's a great leader right there. <laughs> because look what we have in front of us yeah. today. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm in a cat shirt. Do we- and, and before that, you know what? Now I, I, I was one that wallet in the and some self pity and yeah. uh, because I wanted to be perfect and I still strive to be perfect, but uh, it gets to the point now that I'm not, it comes down to, I'm not scared to mess up because really two reasons. I believe hundred percent I'll be able to figure it out. But the other one is if I can't, I've created a, a, a large network of good people that have skill sets in so many different areas that I feel like I can always ping them and be like, I'm working through this mm-hmm do you have any advice or can you come over? And to me, those two things where I'm now in my career, that's what makes, that's what makes it even more fun to me and why I have dreams, visions of where I want to be, but I don't think there's any dream that's not attainable. It might not necessarily be realistic, but it's still not (laughs) unattainable. Yeah. And I thank you for saying yeah. that. I mean, you all couldn't see us sitting here nodding. Like, like the I'm cheering. Like, I'm fist pumping. Like, yes. I'm like, yes. Like, he's got it. Yes. Because that's it. It is. The it's, start with the leadership and the environment to be safe. It's support. creating the network of support to like, hey, I'm going, this is my safety net. Recognizing that you don't have to know all the things. Yeah. You have to have people in your corner. And feeling okay to reach out to them. can balance that and feeling confident to know that they're not going to shame you for yes. asking for help. And yes. feeling like that's a strong strength, not a weakness. Yes. And I feel like I need to, Paul, are you receptive to a little bit of tweaking of coaching real quick? Are you open to that? Of course I am. Okay. Cause you were like, I still strive. What is he going to say? No. Some people can say no. They can be like, no, it's on air. I'm not ready for that. So yeah. that's why I always ask permission first. You said I always like. But then everything I just said leading up to this would have been bullshit. About <laughs> I know. It. True. But you, I think that there is a, so there's a difference between perfectionism and healthy striving. And I think our language is so important because you said, I still want perfectionism. Mm-hmm. I actually don't think you're talking about perspe- 
perfectionism, you're talking about healthy striving. Healthy striving is wanting to learn and wanting to do a good job and wanting to excel at the craft. It's internally motivated. Perfectionism is externally motivated where it's, I want to look the part or be the part so that people will love me and like me and approve of me and so that I won't experience shame. And so for you, you're actually talking about healthy striving versus perfection. Would you agree? Yes, you're right. And this is why, because I will get to where something, if it's good enough for the job that needs to be done, then it's, it's good enough and I'm happy with it. It might not be perfect, Yes. but in a great example, we'll go to construction when you're framing. So all the woodwork behind the walls, it doesn't have to be perfect. Nowhere near it. It just needs to be within quarter of an inch all the way through. But if you're building a cabinet, that shit has to be perfect Mm -hmm. or people walk in and be like, Oh, your cabinet's crooked or they can tell. So it's just a different level of what perfect means. And that's it. I strive to, to get to a point that, it's good enough to do what it needs to do and function properly. Yeah. So yeah. I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah. Awesome. And I think there's also a shift from, except like from recognizing that perfection is not the end goal and being open to accepting that done is better than perfect. Mm-hmm. Again, unless you're a spine or brain surgeon. Right. Just saying, then you <laughs> want to be perfect. <laughs> But then again, we think that they need to be perfect, but they've got, it's minuscule, but they still have areas of error error that they can operate within. We just don't know that and hope that they don't, but it it still lends to being able to do the task at hand and coming out with end goal and it being functional. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. why? Does it serve who and what it needs to serve? Exactly. So you have done all of these things, right? So where do we get through? We got through contractor well, and, and PT clinic and we're going to. And he's doing so good. This I is know. such a good episode. This like we're is. so concise and so many takeaways. So bring us up to the last um, year and a half or so. You've been through a transition period, much like your transition pants that can be shortened and lengthened and. <laughs> They can adapt to what they can adapt to your environment and your needs. Um, So, how have you over the last year and a half? uh, Tell us a little bit about that. Adapted to new environments and different needs. We decided to to move back to North Carolina. This is home. My wife is you grew up in Fayetteville. Spent the last three years of high school here in Raleigh. We we met at UNC. Go Hills. And so this was home. We decided to move back closer to grandparents. Closer to the school, just felt at home here. And I left the job in wearable technology. I started looking for jobs here. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I said, it's a, it's an open box. Literally, I'm going to go up there and network and find out what is here and where do I fit in? And I stuck to, to two main things when I was reaching out. I started, I, I was active on LinkedIn. I started making connections here, started looking for job opportunities. And uh, I told myself there was two things I was not going to do. I wasn't going to just send resumes. And so if I had a conversation where somebody said, send me a resume, the, I would say, no, I'll drive up there to, to come meet you in person. And let's see if we're a good fit together mm-hmm. to work with each other. Because now, <laughs> yeah. now you knew what good leadership looked like. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I ain't just sending you shit. Yeah. We're going to meet. Yes. And I didn't want it. What's on paper? It doesn't tell you who the person is. Mm-hmm. And so 
I did that and it was the empowerment side of it. Like I finally, I knew what I was good at. I knew I operate well in, and I just didn't want to send resumes up here. I was connecting and the sole goal I had was, and I, I drove actually drove up for a couple months on a Wednesday and network Wednesday, network Thursday. And we go home Thursday night and it was five hours, five and a half hours away. Mm. So we get up here and we moved up in May, but the wife and kids were still in South Carolina through May, finishing up school. So I had the month of May to network, and I did. Monday through Friday, two to three networks, networking events a day. And I was wore out, but it was great. The whole goal was to become known and meet good people. And damn, and did I did. do that. I mean, one. <laughs> like, it was literally one, one day, it was like, was you don't know Paul Roberts? Yeah, that's true. It was like, wait, you don't know Paul Roberts? How do you not know Paul Roberts? And he literally hadn't even moved here yet. Um, oh, the second thing, too. So there was that. The the I will come meet with you. We'll talk. Let's see if we're a good fit before I give you my resume. The other thing was, is when I talk to people, I'd say, look, I don't want to waste your time, but I want to let you know right now before we go any farther, I'm not shaving. People lost thought I'd lost my damn mind saying that, including my wife. It is it's the personal branding, but much more than that, it is – it is who you are. Yes. And to me, I've been clean shaven once since May 17th, 2008 at 10.04 in the morning of my wedding. And I shaved back in 2014 for a job interview. And I did it. Walked out of there. The boss from the store earlier, earlier called me, said he had an opportunity. I said, I'll do it. And I quit <laughs> and shave again after that. <laughs> but see, and that's the thing, because it was it, like, and probably shaving that day for the job interview felt so inauthentic for you. Right. That's not who you are. I can't imagine Paul no. Roberts without a beard. No. But it's also, it's really great to make that point that you don't, like, what's a beard? And the right? second time like, around, he owned it. And he was like, no. Who cares? Yeah. Facial hair. Even like, it, it's, I think it's great to see like in... Fields like healthcare, things like that, a lot of them changing the the policies on tattoos and facial hair and things like that to really like recognize, does it impact your ability to do your job if you have a beard, mm-hmm. if you have a tattoo that's visible, if you have, no, when your skill a- set isn't going to change. You're not Hercules, right? Like we're not cutting your hair or Samson. Well, Hercules. What a Samson great, was hair, right? <laughs> maybe it was unintentional on your part, but what a great tester of threshold of mm-hmm. who can I eliminate? Cause you would not want to work with that company or that boss. That would not be your uh, happy place for, for your boss. It would not work. So you, that was your eliminator of, I can tell them I'm not going to shave my beard. If they have a problem with it, then I know Peace that you're right. Out, <laughs> then, sprout. Sweet. I just eliminated them from the bunch. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Yeah. And, and it was just more about being able to embrace who I am mm-hmm. and the personality and I really got that from the job I had in 2018 in the wearable technology field. That's how people refer to me as Paul, the guy with the beard. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't the beard, honestly. It was how they could identify me visually. Mm-hmm. But it was how I connected with people and my personality that got people to say that and then to link the two together. But so we moved here. Kids got up here June of 2019. And I started working in financial services, financial representative. And I, I, th- my wife and I have a very proud, I, we're proud of our financial journey and what we did the couple years before we, we had Aldra, our first child. 
And I wanted to be able to share that and help people work through that because I've lived it. $200,000 in debt, mostly student loans. I wanted to be able to share and work through that. And so I went into that field and I loved it. I enjoyed it. It was great. It was service oriented. And then COVID hit. And majority of what I was doing in that business was predicated on being out and about and networking Mm -hmm. because I didn't have a huge organic reach here. So I was having to build that. And when I had to shift my mindset from my job and profession to being home and taking care of my family, that's where I put my time and energy. And it was, my wife had to change her schedule. She worked Monday through Thursday. She didn't get home until 7.30 every night. Mm -hmm. So I cooked, I cleaned, she came home to a hot meal. The kids had their schoolwork done after we all (laughs) hollered and screamed and cried at each other. (laughs) And so I changed that mindset into that's what I had to do. And it lasted for three months. And then I, I looked out to where I was and wanted to be a little more entrepreneurial because even in the financial services, you still have some constraints because of how it goes with with your regulations. So I reached out to a few people, look, just started looking. And again, it goes back to having a network full of good people. I've started where we've got something in the works is out there, but not yet. And hopefully it'll be ready to present to everybody fully in August. Mm-hmm. That journey from May of 2019, it started before that, but being in this area, it's, it has been probably the most tumultuous time of my wife and I's lives mm-hmm. together. But it leans to the, the network that we have around here, but also the goal that we're striving to achieve. And that's just for my number one goal is family security. And I don't have a definition for that. I think it's a feeling for us. It's not all money and this and that, but it's being able to provide so that my wife and kids, they can decide how much they want to work and what they want to do. And just having that family life of, of opportunity mm-hmm. and to provide that. So the last year and few months has led us to where we are now and finally get a chance to sit down and talk to y'all. But I always think that everything that you do sets you up for an experience and knowledge, which experience and knowledge together equal wisdom to, to take on whatever's next in your life. Mm-hmm. And instead of looking at a wall, you see an opportunity to knock the sun bitch down and see what's behind it. Oh, love it. We love you, we love Paul. You. <laughs> awesome. Oh, perfect so transition to lightning round. Transition pants time. <laughs> yes! yes. We finally got our lightning round music. Yes. Yes. So on the girls. That makes me so happy, so Joe. <laughs> <laughs> you want to play? All right. So I'm so happy right now. All right. On the girls who do stuff, we have this thing called the lightning round where we rapid fire questions at you and you answer the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready? Uh Uh-oh. We put explicit warnings on this shit. Don't worry about it. (laughs) I hope so. All right, you ready? What's the number one thing on your bucket list? I don't have a bucket list. Shut the front door. Are you anti? No. No, not at all. See, this is why you can't ask me damn lightning question (laughs) rounds. I, I think it changes, especially when you have a yes, family with kids. Agreed. I think it, it changes. Agreed. Shit, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just want to have a good time. 
I oh, well, that, I like, that can be your number one thing on your bucket list. Like you want it to stay <laughs> well, on your he's gravestone. Just staying present. I had a good time. Yeah, exactly. You're just staying present in the moment. Yep, love it. I if I had to say one thing, I would say I don't know. Shit, go to Alaska. Okay, all right. And live out in the wilderness for two of weeks and live would. off the land. And be able to come back home. You know, they have uh, Net Geo and Discovery Channel shows for that. You can apply for that. You can go on Naked and Afraid if you wanted to. (laughs) Yeah, Naked and Afraid is usually on one of the TVs in our house all the time. I love it. All right. Uh, Okay. Yeah. What is something people often get wrong about you? I don't know. I need to start asking people that question more, honestly. (laughs) That's... I would say that sometimes initially they think meaner or not as a, and I get that, that because when I was a wildland firefighter and guy that came to work with us, that's the first thing he said is at this time I had a completely shaved head and, and a beard. He's like, I mean, I was scared to death of you at first. Hey, you're, intimidating then, you're intimidating. Guy. Yeah, you're intimidating. Just then, your stature alone. Right. My God. Yes. When in reality, you're like a mushy, soft. A renaissance man with a complete 50-50 masculine yes. feminine energy. <laughs> When in, when in essence, you're like a squeeze all that you're just like, mm. yeah. what is yeah. your favorite place in the world? The woods. Of course. All right. You want me to do the last Anywhere one? in the woods. Anywhere in the, the woods. Same song? Oh, I can do that one. I was going to say, what are you profoundly grateful for right now? And then you do things. Mm-hmm. What is something you're profoundly grateful for right now? My wife and kids. Yep. hundred percent. Love it. And if your life had a theme song, what would it be? Drunk and Crazy by Bobby Bear. Uh, now I'm going to have to YouTube that. I was given that by uh, a roommate in college, uh teammate. <laughs> so, uh, that would be the, that's, that's in, it's stuck. There it is. Fantastic. It. All right, Paul, where can our people find you? LinkedIn. Instagram, Paul Hills, Facebook, Twitter, Paul Hills. I'm active on social media. I love to interact. You'll get to see some of our adventures, Can't Look Carter adventures. Shenanigans. And it is yeah, a lot of shenanigans. It ranges from baking bread to cooking barbecue to bees to gardening. There's honestly no telling what might pop up. Exactly. <laughs> you, you never know what you're going to get. Which makes it so amazing. Life is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> And we can't wait to see what's coming up next for you. We will not drop that bomb at all. That no, uh, we're not sharing anything. We're just supporting the whole. You can time comment when you're ready if you choose to do. If not, that's cool too. Yeah, we will. It's <laughs> out there on LinkedIn. Um, ish, the, just waiting because we're wait we're waiting on some stuff to get here to actually get going. So, I know. I'm yeah. like, don't drop it um, now. Not, leave the anticipation. <laughs> People are gonna have to go search for you to find it. All right, yeah. Paul Roberts. <laughs> Keep listening to the bloopers. We love making this stuff for you. You can help us out by subscribing to this podcast and follow us on social media. (laughs) We have so much fun. No edits, no retakes. It is what it is. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Y'all. Stand up, speak up. What is it? Speak up and tell a better story? You've been saying stand up. I've been saying stand up? Okay. Or speak up. No, we have what not been we? saying stand up. We've been saying speak, speak up and tell a better I'm story. Yes. Come out here. Yes.
with the courage. Oh, look, there's up. kids. Just get a snack. So this is what we're probably going to run into hey, at least Kayla two more Carter. times. Oh, my goodness. Look at that beautiful yeah. hair. It's Kayla Carter. You, I don't care what snack you have. Get a show. Get a snack. Don't. Carter, daddy don't, loves you. We're good. <laughs> I can't even give him a show and snacks and him not come back out here and ask for more. <laughs> yeah. Woo. I, Paul has been the primary at home. All Rona. I am a certified house husband. Nice. Okay. I don't know if he would agree with that sentiment, right. that it's nice. <laughs> I tell people all the time it was challenging, mainly from the part of having to do schoolwork. You know, I come from a family of teachers, and I knew really early in life, at about the age of four, that I did not want to be a teacher. <laughs> and it, it was just it was, it was quite challenging. But on the flip side, that's time I never would have gotten spent, spent with my kids. Yep. That happened. It's going to be challenging with kids anyway. You all know that. But we had a lot of good time. We picked dandelions. We made dandelion wine. We've cooked. We've done a lot of arts and crafts and caught bees and all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah, I've been watching your adventures on Facebook, and it's been, I'm like, he's slaying this quarantine. He really is. He really is. <laughs> the bees and the dandelion wine. And yeah, that's like in- that meme was going around that was like, if you haven't learned a new language or written a book or learned a new skill, like you haven't been taking advantage of your time at home, to which I had very strong reactions to that, by the way, because I'm like, that is unreasonable for those of us who are just trying to survive. Right. <laughs> Reasonable expectation. And then there's the flip side of that. Of if you haven't read a book or, learned, or wrote, written a book or learned a new language or a new skill or whatever, good for you. Like you're surviving. Right. And then there's Paul Roberts, who has become an apiarist and made dandelion wine <laughs> and cooked, which is just like a normal weekend. Yes. Yes. Because you were doing that shit before Rona. Yeah, yeah, I've got the bacon bread. You know, I've been doing that for a long time. Yeah. Cinnamon rolls, all that. I, it's just, I always look every day I walk outside and look around. There's opportunity somewhere for me to do something fun, exciting, and new. Have you ever had a cinnamon <laughs> rolls? No, I have not. And I live close to him. Oh. I won't say anything. I, Literally, they're, they're I'm through your pan. neighborhood once a week. There's pan, there's a, there are these little pans of six. That. Right, they're like six in a pan, in a little pan, mm-hmm. and there's four of us in my family, and six cinnamon rolls. Well, <laughs> so you, the last two were like fought over. Yes, <laughs> we don't even fight in my house. I'm like, I'm mama. I get the other one. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> Be grateful yeah. for your one right. cinnamon oh, roll. <laughs> and they're so good. You are a very talented baker. So how many sourdough starters have you given away since the start of? I've only given a one since COVID started. And the main reason is uh, there's a misconception about sourdough starters age and their flavor taste. It, it really doesn't matter how old it is, but you can start it. All you need is flour and water and a container to put it in. You put it in there you leave it out on the counter for uh, 24 hours initially. And then you just feed it. You split it, you feed it every 12 hours. And depending on how much yeast is in your home, you know, you could have a starter three days later or seven days later, ready to bake sourdough bread. What do you mean yeast in your home? Like naturally within the atmosphere? What the hell are so, you talking about? How much yeast so, do you have in your cupboard? Yeah. Like you're not. Well, 
I All right, don't. That could go in so I many bad places. Bread, people, <laughs> I don't know what he's talking. I don't about. understand. He has bees. You could go <laughs> buy more yeast. Is the See, here we go. Now I got to give y'all a science lesson. I do not know how to teach. <laughs> but you've been teaching for you six thousand days with the quarantine. Oh, uh, look, Lord, uh, look, look, this one right here, I'm about to, look, come here, look, I want you to say hey. Can't let Carter. Hey. Go get your snacks, okay? (laughs) It doesn't matter. Just get a snack. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be healthy. If y'all go on Instagram and look up the hashtag, can't let Carter. It doesn't have to be healthy. Get a snack. Like, my kids have their own hashtags. I don't care. And I mean, the fact that he was just like, it doesn't even have to be healthy. Just eat it, yo. (laughs) Just go away and eat. (laughs) Go find yourself some yeast in the cupboard. Just eating fistfuls of yeast. <laughs> in the air, there is natural yeast yes. in the air. Particles. So it just collects it, and it comes down there. It's good bacteria. It's good for you. Gotcha. Don't put store-bought yeast in, into that. You're going to mess it up. See, so I was right. It's be good. He was talking about the yeah. yeast in the air and the environment. Natural I was yeast. Right, okay. right but you yeah. can also add, if you want like to get a certain... Right, but he just said don't. Okay, I know I know. <laughs> All right, just mix flour and water and put it on the counter. Do you cover it? Or do you leave it open to air? You'll leave it open for an hour or two, and then I'll usually loosely cover it until it it gets to be a strong starter. And then there's a feeding regiment that you go into before you bake. Oh, he's lost me. you keep it alive. It's more than three steps. I'm out. I'm out. Think about it. It's a biology, right? So, like, you're talking about splitting it and feeding it. I'm thinking about, like, cell growth, right? Cell multiplication. Anyway. This is our warm-up, and I'm about to... I'm like, okay, this is our warm-up. Remember, Joe, that day where we warmed up, and then I was like, I'm going to clap, and then we're going to get started. But how long... All right. So, how I'm genuinely curious. Is there a difference between the dough that you make for the cinnamon rolls versus the dough you make for the sourdoughs? Yes. They look completely different. One is, so the sourdough bread is flour and water. The cinnamon roll starter is a potato flake and sugar water starter that was actually given to me by my my dad's wife's family. And so it's just completely different how it's fed and what bread it makes is different. In the end, it's the same principle, but we just have a different way of getting the yeast in, in there. Look. If y'all were to come over to my house, if you cannot believe it, living with me as my wife does, being my wife, she ha- I have more living shit in our pantry than probably a farm does, including all of their animals. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a lot of natural stuff going on in the pantry that from wine, which is natural yeast, kombucha, I do a lot of fermenting of vegetables. <laughs> so, so good times. Do- so how does one go from like being four and knowing that they don't want to be a teacher to like growing natural shit in the pantry as a as an adult with children? <laughs> like where does that arc? Because and you've done a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh yeah. Can can we do our like okay now we're about to start and I can be like listeners. Let Would you like to do that? Do you yeah. feel better? I'm feeling very anxious right now. <laughs> that like, we never started. Well, we we never started. Thank you. It's good. I thought I was just so far in my it. mind. I was thinking, how do I cut this? Yes. At the end, I'm going to go boop. Like it's, <laughs> like it's a blooper reel. And then we're going to talk about yeast for 10 minutes. Yes. Because yes. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> but it's not where you start a show. Thank all right. You. Do we need, all right. Do you want to start with the music again? You got to tell people who did that. No, we did we not. Did. Okay. <laughs>
This is what I, happens when I get to the to the to the space early. Yeah. I should not come early anymore. All right. So let me recenter myself. Okay, pretend that we did the music. We did, but you fucked up the damn <laughs> log line. To, All so right, we gotta start the music again. I'm dying.